Hey everyone, Guy here, just dropping in to let you know that there was some slight issues with the audio for this episode, particularly at the beginning and towards the end, a bit before the 40 minute mark. I hope you enjoy the episode all the same, and because I forgot to mention in the episode proper, we're playing Transistor, an action RPG by Supergiant Games. Finally, spoilers ahead. If you'd rather experience the game for yourself, we'll be here when you get back. Please forgive the mess and enjoy the show. to Disk Space, the, well, it's, it's basically the video game roundtable club podcast thing. I need to really, like, nail down what it is that this <laughs> actually is at some point, but hey, you know what they say about podcasts in the first two episodes? They gotta suck. <laughs> so, I'm Guy from Ghosts on a Train, and, well, here, I'm joined by Kai from Chain of Being, Hannah from Ghost on a Train and the Glee Watch, and TJ, aka Lord Fufflebottoms the Destroyer. Thank you. AKA Afkai, aka DJ Booty Flakes, aka Mr. Washed Up Never Wrote a Song but Wanted to Be a Rapper. These are his these are his formal work titles. Yeah, you'll, <laughs> yeah, you'll you... be able to find all of this in the show notes. You see, I did, <laughs> I did all the work to want to be to try to be a rapper, but you know it didn't work out. So I just have all the mannerisms. Hey, chase your dreams. <laughs> we here in the states have just had Thanksgiving, and like I said, I think I mentioned it. We played Transistor, which is a I can only really call it morose. <laughs> oh no, the cat's going crazy in the background. <laughs> Uh-oh. He likes Transistor. I'm sorry. You you said one of his favorite games. <laughs> I mean, Super Giant's great. Gotta love Super Giant. Super Giant is very Let's uh let's just mm. jump right into it. I'm gonna go in reverse order from right to left. Not start with myself, but TJ. Alright, so what do you think of the game? Just overall. I'm gonna give you a little uh, little, little rundown um real quick. I, I I got the game last night and I played about <laughs> through seventy to eighty percent of it because I'm like, Oh, I got that in my Steam library, I'll play it whenever. And I was like, Oh, we're recording tomorrow, I should probably play that. I was like, Oh wait, it's not in my Steam library. So since it was on sale for four bucks, I bought it. And I was like, I'll just play it for thirty minutes and then like six hours later I'm like, Alright, one more one more. I'm just gonna go one more room. <laughs> I'm gonna hop off one more. I think I'm like I think I'm actually near the end, like near the final boss battle. And I was just like I was like, Why why can I why can I stop? This I don't enjoy games like this. This isn't fun for me, but I'll just do <laughs> one I'll do one more one more room and you know, you know, one more we're done. One one that's it, that's it. And then I just like made three pages of notes and I'm like, I, I, I like a, a thing or two about this game. <laughs> so that's All how right. I feel about Transistor. All right. Hannah. Amazing. Uh, amazing overall. Because I, I know you have some experience with... Oh, uh, I was I was, I was was talking about TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have some experience with uh, a few other super giant games and your roommate and Ghost on a Train collaborator is a uh, super giant super fanatic, shall we say. Yes. So, yeah, here's here's what you gotta know about me. Uh, I'm Hannah. I'm on this video game podcast. I don't play video games, usually. <laughs> uh, it is not a thing that I do regularly. It is, like, the one, like, nerdy thing that I have never gotten into, uh, mostly because my hand-eye coordination is uh, <laughs> bottom of the barrel, and I'm bad at them. But uh, I do when I do occasionally play video games, it is because my roommate and very good friend Greg, uh, who was on last episode, physically sits me down and makes me. Um, <laughs> and he, as Guy said, just loves Supergiant, so he's been sort of dragging me through their catalog. But I did like this game a lot. I like the Supergiant games. Uh, I played three-ish hours of it. I wanted to play more, but Thanksgiving plans. Uh, I got, I believe, to the second of four bosses. Uh, or that is what Greg said. And uh, I had a lot of fun. It was very pretty, which I always like in a game. Because even when I'm not doing well at it, I can kind of zone out and be like, ooh, nice art. <laughs> 
it it I enjoyed the mechanics. Uh, there were some things that allowed it to be a little easier, <laughs> which was nice. Um, I had yeah, I had a good time. Right on. Last we get to Kai. Uh, yeah, I I definitely very very much enjoyed this game. Um, it's not normally my thing. I'm more of a shooter person. Um, and I think I was coming from playing uh, Doom Eternal and then oh, also wow. simultaneous, not at the same time, Almost like the same game, around really. the same time. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, um, around the same time, and then Halo Infinite came out, so I've been playing that. So lots of very fast-paced kind of gameplay, and then going into Transistor, which you need a little bit of patience for. And especially with all the reading to understand what's going yes. on. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't a hundred percent like I very much enjoyed the actual like pressing the buttons and making things happen, but in terms of overall like knowing plot and uh like what specifically certain things did, I was a little bit lost. Um and also like just in terms of what my abilities physically did, I just kind of learned by doing, <laughs> which, you know, is it's entirely my fault. That's not the game like, you know, being constructed in a poor way that's just my lack of attention span because i you know have been melting my brain with doom uh but overall there also yeah. it's not like there were any tutorials or anything i feel like the only way to learn was mm. by doing yeah true let's start off right there with the opening of the game because i really enjoyed the opening of just kind of throwing you into that space of cold opens are beautiful cold opens are great but it just really threw you into that space of confusion and just like uncertainty things have happened and you're still kind of getting your feet like getting your bearings Mm. and i i really enjoyed that about the game you guys have any thoughts about just sort of the opening any sort of like big moments that stuck out to you you see it took me just like a little while to realize oh hey that's him he's a sword (laughs) he's 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 inside the sword it took me like a while and i'm like that that, that makes a lot of sense seeing as we're picking up people it's like i just like i'm like oh are we just are we we turning people into things i like that because i i too want to be a thing (laughs) you heard it here first tj wants to be objectified that's not what that word means oh christ (laughs) i'd love to be a sword yeah i like that one that's that's clever my experience i think was a little different just because i did have someone who had played the game before like watching over my shoulder and being like you need to do this which was helpful because i think the one the biggest thing about transistor is like kai said at no point did i know what was going on i did enjoy it but (laughs) i was operating on vibes alone i have no idea what the plot of this game was the vibes are good I feel the vibes are the vibes are immaculate. I mean, there's a vibe mechanic in there. <laughs> yeah. They have a humming button. That's true. That was yeah, great. True. That was very pretty. But yes, no. At the beginning, I like opened up the game and I was like walking in a circle, and Greg was like, "Go pick up the sword," and I was like, "What?" And he was like, "That the sword. It's right there." And I was like, "Where?" And <laughs> like even being explicitly instructed, it took me an embarrassingly long time to be like, "Oh, that's the guy." Isn't he like? asking you like the whole time he's like please come and pick me up (laughs) that makes a lot of sense i play video games a lot and i was just like i was just like there's a lot to this game and it all flowed for me i'm used to like combining skills and i just came from a game where you're combining different types of abilities but i like got like uh, about two or three hours in the game i'm like there's a lot going on there's a there's a lot a lot going on i was just like so engrossed i was just in it Kai, any thoughts on the opening? Mm. I I think Supergiant Games must have some kind of... I mean, this is true of just the entire game, but I don't know where their casting agency is, but they managed to find incredibly attractive voices for all of their, oh, yeah. <laughs> all of their games. I mean, Hades has it to, you know, the nth degree, where it's like every single god is like, <laughs> you know... But then with this, like this, I didn't think that I would be attracted to a sword. But you know, here we are. It's twenty twenty one, and sword boyfriend has a nice voice. That was a incredible, like just gorgeous. So I think that, like, yeah, that's all I have to say. I think just I was, I was kind of like the gameplay is something that I just haven't, don't really have a lot of experience with, but still kind of, I kind of got into it after a while. I think it kind of definitely throws you into things, which is quite nice. Yeah. So I had no I had no choice but to get into it, really. But yeah, no, I think it was it was interesting. Not very eloquent, but, you know. I mean, like, this, this is a roundtable podcast. Like, they're here to hear just, like, unfiltered thoughts. Oh, good, because I got a lot of them. Just yeah. walk around the game. I'm like, <laughs> I can jump in the air and catch a sword? Ah! 
I was just, I mean, that I was just mad you couldn't do it in combat. I wanted there to be a mechanic where when you're doing the turn, like you're you're doing like the basic planning and pausing and everything, that you could put a flourish in the middle of it just to make it look extra cool. But you know what? Next time. Next time. They do let you do. There's like a salute mechanic in Pyre. So they kind of did do that next time. <laughs> that was my biggest complaint about the game. That they wouldn't let you peacock enough? Yeah, basically. That's fair and valid. <laughs> so I think this kind of rolls into uh, one of the questions that Greg gave us. And that is, so this game was originally planned to have the roles reversed where you would be playing as, you know, the guy and Red would be the one in the store. But as they were just sort of like working on the game, they found like the art for Red just like so compelling that she was became the player character. Do you think the change to controlling Red is... Uh, Mean, more meaningful or do you think the experience would be kind of the same with the original roles well you see um as a large black cis male i think i really identify more with red because i too feel beautiful and she's beautiful so i was just like encaptured by her presence like every time you stop somewhere and there's just like a little art still of her i'm just like it just sets like the vibe so immaculately and it just like makes the uh, makes it feel even better because this is like a scary dark like computer generated world well computer popping up world you're just like this beautiful mute, but you can hum woman who just like going through this slaying all these giant things with uh, your boyfriend's sword. I'm like, this is this is unique. The, the biggest thing about this game is just really unique. And that's what I think Red is. She's just like something very unique in it. I have to agree. Hannah? All right. So I do have thoughts. But first of all, is it a computer generated world? I was really unclear about whether we were like... Are we, like, were we, like, in a computer, or was it just, like, a very, like, techno-human world? Like, I wasn't entirely sure what the setup was. That's what I was thinking. I The aesthetic was, like, very nice, but a little bit, I couldn't tell if it was, like, being sort of future cyberpunk, but also kind of steampunk as well. This gets kind of elaborated on with a lot of the uh, the side content, with the, the terminals kind of spread around. It's done very okay. subtle, but the point is basically it's a it's kind of a cyberpunk world where everything is just like super, super, super modular, uh, modular and digitized. All right, interesting. And that leads to kind of the the main conflict where everyone can kind of choose what it is that they want to have happen in the city, whether it's like the color of the sky, like who's most popular, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I was reading all the terminals and I still didn't get that. Same. <laughs> Again, it's very... Yeah. They don't draw a lot of attention to it and you can very easily miss it. But the, the main conflict of the game is kind of invited by the villains deciding, hey, if everything is this modular and controlled, why aren't we the ones in charge that can control it? If everything's a canvas, why aren't we the painters? I think they use that metaphor. Mm. So, you know, fascists. As someone who loves playing it fast and loose, I love uh, the way they did that. The pacing of the game in general, just like, like, look, we're in it. That's how it starts out. You're just going through it. It's like, yeah, you might learn some stuff on the way, but we're going. We're gone. Oh, yeah. Hannah, what'd you think about Red? Uh, I like Red a lot. So, um, yeah, I didn't know when I played it that uh, they had made that switch. And it got me thinking a lot about narrative power and like you know fridged woman stereotypes absolutely because like i remember when i was playing the game i was initially like a little myth that red didn't have a voice before they like explained why um and then i was like oh okay uh i was kind of like of course the sword's doing all the talking like i i don't know she she was she was beautiful i Always love. I am. I am a big old lesbian, and I love being able to look at a beautiful woman. <laughs> there was an interesting like she. She didn't get to be too much of a character because she. She just didn't get to speak. She was mute, and there was really no other way for her to express herself. And so, in that way, like the sword boyfriend got to be a lot more of a person because he had like a personality and he was speaking but then i thought about if they had switched it and there's like sword boyfriend is also very much like a sword he is no longer a person he's a tool that red is using even as he is someone who can speak and he he really is you know around to advance 
her story. Um, and I was like, so that would have had implications of its own. And I really didn't come to a solid conclusion on this. I don't, I didn't settle on like which way I would have enjoyed more. I do know I enjoyed it the way it is. And I also, I just think it's really interesting that they both inhabit certain tropes of like a fridged partner. Uh, they're both the fridged partner. And I think that's like really, really interesting. Absolutely. Just kind of expanding on that. The characterization of Red is basically like in gameplay and just like mechanically. And I've discussed this previously where I absolutely adore when the mechanics and game like the the narrative and the mechanics just kind of like work well together to convey a message. And the message that you get from Red is that she is very determined and pretty much just like just going down that straight line path. The only time where you actually like get any sort of reactions or interactions from her is when she leaves messages on those terminals. Yeah. Where you can kind of see a little bit of the the self-doubt where she'll write something out that's like angry, then delete it, go back, rethink her words, rethink, delete it again, rethink her words, and then post something. And it, it was a very interesting way of characterizing her while also, you know, taking away her voice. I also think it's interesting that by making her the protagonist versus the uh, having like a male lead, in a male lead case, like if the roles were were reversed, this would be kind of a a little bit of a more stereotypical like male fantasy adventure of like you've got the damsel in distress and you're going out to be the hero. But with this kind of role reversal, it felt more fitting into the kind of noir theming. It felt more like a revenge story, which I thought was really interesting. Kai. What you think? I uh, wish, wish I didn't have to follow Hannah's very eloquent like <laughs> thoughts on it. I don't. I feel. I feel like I'm, I've not got enough to say. Um, yeah, no, I. I uh, oh, shit. Now I've got to think of something interesting to say. Fuck. Um, <laughs> That's what, why I went first. For me, maybe because I didn't get super into like plot and and like the characters and stuff. I was like very kind of more focused on mechanics um just because i was you know quite an impatient player when it came to this um i feel like i would have had the same experience if the roles were reversed i think um but i am glad it is the way that it like currently is um i think that it just kind of i don't know it works and i do like his voice a lot um i also i thought as well like you were talking about like the characterization and like of, of red in certain moments of like when there's that moment as well where um, she's looking at like the poster of herself and like the sword is trying to like, oh, yeah. it's like t- telling you like, oh, that you should, you should like go, let's stop looking at this. It's just upsetting you this kind of like, and then you can choose how much you want to make red, you know, dwell on the past and what's happened to her, which I think is quite a fun. I don't know. I, I, I was very edgy and sort of stood and stared at it until he gave up and just let me you know, wallow in my um, sadness and then I left and then, you know, all these other like little moments where I think they were obviously, there's so much you can do where the main character doesn't talk, but um, they definitely had these moments like, and like you said, like the commenting and all these little things and yeah, I thought, um, I definitely liked the character of Red. I think I, I, yeah, I'm happy with the way it is, I think, but again, you know, I probably would have had the same gameplay experience um, had it been the other way around. Interesting. We're going to get into the the standard disk space questions of what were you expecting going into the game and did it match that or change after playing? And this time we'll start with Kai because (laughs) I I just want to put you on the spot, I guess. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So, yeah. Um, Hell yeah. I'll set the ball really low for everyone. Um, (laughs) Hold on. This might be limbo. Don't cheer yet. (laughs) Going in, I was expect because I'd only ever played Hades beforehand, so I was expecting something kind of similar, and I sort of got something similar. I definitely got, yeah. uh, I don't know if you call it top-down or isometric or whatever the word is for that kind of angle. I, I believe that just refers to like yeah. the, uh, the camera view, so yeah, it is isometric since you're looking top-down, and uh, it's like at an angle. Um, so I was, I, I kind of had expected that, and I had expected like, you know, being able to have certain abilities which you can change with different upgrades, which is what you get in Hades as well. Um, I wasn't expecting the turn-based kind of, well, not turn-based, but, like, the turn um, mechanic, which I thought was really, like, 
uh, it was quite interesting. Um, I, I wasn't, yeah, it was a nice surprise to go like be able to take your time. Whereas with Hades, you know, I give myself carpal tunnel, just like smashing the A button, <laughs> fighting fucking Meg in that um, game. So it was, it was a nice kind of change of pace. Um, but I don't think I thought it was going to be good or bad, but I definitely have left going. That was a, that's a very good game. Right very on. enjoyable. Always love to hear that. Hannah. What were you thinking going into the game, and did it match that or change sort of like regarding your expectations after you played? Yeah, so the last Supergiant game that I had played was Pyre, which is very different. Pyre is like almost a visual novel. There is a very Mm -hmm. solid, like Pyre is telling a specific story and has a full, there's a little book in Pyre that explains every single thing that is happening, uh, which I have been told is because people were too confused in Transistor. (laughs) And yeah, my under, I've never played Hades, but my understanding of it was that there was a pretty solid story there as well. So I definitely I think the most unexpected thing that I uh, got out of this was just like I wasn't expecting it to be as amorphous as it was like it really was like you just kind of run around and smash things without really knowing why you're doing it and you can get stuff from the terminals and you can get stuff from uh, reading the little profiles on the, the people that you collect and turn into giant swords But yeah, it was much fuzzier on world and story and plot than I had expected it to be. It was the first video game that I've ever played that really did that, probably because I... I am a story person, and so my friends on the rare occasions that they make me play video games have me play story games. And so that that was a really interesting experience for me. I, I still probably like a story a more solid story better, but I also enjoyed having this kind of new experience under my belt uh, that that I thought was really neat. I also really liked the... I also wasn't expecting and really liked the turn-based combat. My least favorite aspect of playing video games is the really stressful, like, ah, what, what, do, I, what do I do? That I think sometimes you can get caught up in. And uh, so I really liked being able to take time to consider things. I thought it turned it into like almost more of a puzzle than a, you know, big, big uh, chaotic battle. And I like puzzles. So that was fun for me. <laughs> right on. Yeah. TJ. Man. I, as I said before, I, I got the game last night and I before I, I thought it was like, I'm like, what is that? A, I looked at like the screenshot. I was like, what is that? A balloon defense or something type of game. <laughs> so I jump in and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is like one of those uh those indie Twitch games where you just jump in, like, like do a, some simple combat. And then I'm like, this combat's not getting so simple anymore. <laughs> like, I just wasn't expecting anything. I was like, well, I was expecting it to be beautiful. The game does have amazing art. You can hum. It's so atmospheric. Just a uh, little moments you hit in there. So I'm like, okay, that one matched up the expectations. Then I'm like, I didn't expect it to flow so well to like every element flowing to each other so well. Like you, uh, the combat, I was like, I'm going to get bored of this in like 20 minutes. Then like four or five hours later, I'm just like, the the enemies are so so diverse the situations are so diverse and then when your your slots overload it makes you pick other stuff and start getting creative with that then you go to your little beach house and like they have these little trials that make you better at the game because they make you think something you probably wouldn't have thought of so you can play the game and i thought it was just going to be like a very like this type of way game but you can actually play the game in a bunch of different ways should you choose to do it absolutely transistor was very open you know what I didn't expect? I didn't expect a giant fucking uh, stick to come and smash me down from the sky halfway through the game. <laughs> that was yep. beautiful. That was a lot. So that was actually like, that whole sequence is probably like my favorite moment in the game. It was it was amazing. Oh, I hated that. Just against the spine. Not in like a, this is bad game design way, but in like a, this is a deeply unpleasant experience for me. That was so stressful. It's real bad. The beautiful thing about this game is like, it balances the stress well so that it doesn't become frustration. I ain't gonna lie, I lived like most of this game at 1 HP. That's just like, <laughs> I like just be kind of around 1 HP, uh, hit the turn mode right as everybody's on me, do a big move, run around the map, up oh, my turn mode's up again. So when that stuff was coming down, 
down and I was just like hitting it right before it like like the I like the low health uh, automatic going to turn mode. It's pretty cool. Stops you from getting wrecked on. I probably would have been dead 40 times. I like tur- I like hit it just like, oh, wow, a lot's happening. I'm in a lot of trouble. Like reposition and just like all the stress coupled with the tail coming down, fighting enemies, me living on one HP because of my limiters. It was just all coupled to make like once the combat's over, you take a deep breath and you're like, that was nice. Oh yeah, it's very satisfying, and while the gameplay is very fast-paced, it seems like the game wants you to really like take it slow and slow yourself down, really kind of think things through. Yeah, uh, me, me shoot, me, me almost die, me shoot, me almost die, me run. We're gonna get into spoilers because I, I need to talk about just like the whole sequence with the spine, where you are ascending this tower and your sword boyfriend, as we've discussed, they've been like a constant presence with you, and at this point you're like an hour or two into the game, and just by being near this gigantic serpent-like enemy it's causing it's causing them to kind of like their memory and their consciousness is starting to like fade and get all fuzzy so you have this really stressful moment as you're climbing the tower and it it is rough it has probably like my favorite my favorite sequence and it it's on one of the consoles so it's like super optional where red is talking to the sword boyfriend basically like typing things out and is just very very stressed is like don't leave me, you're all I have. It is heart-wrenching. And when you finally take it down, it feels so good. Listen, I, like, as I said, this is a game where plot is so fuzzy and, and like, characterization of Red even is a little fuzzy because it's all optional. So I was not expecting to be so fucking sad when the sword boyfriend stopped talking to me. I was not expecting that to get me, and it super did. It was a lot. Like, those little reprieves you get, like, in the beach house where he comes back to himself for a moment, like, it just made it even more heart wrenching. like, oh, time to go back out there and have soy boyfriend oh, uh, go on the fritz again. And there's, like, uh, one point where, like, you're about to go back out, and he's like... If I if I say anything, uh, just, just just disregard it. It's, it's probably gonna happen. I didn't do the beach house stuff. That's crazy. That is heart wrenching. Kai, did you get that far? No, <laughs> I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it though. Right on. <laughs> I just just got the start of like his voice going a bit like you know a bit crushed and sounding not very. Uh, oh not very yeah, clear. so you're you're like right at the the beginning of that. So I probably will keep playing because that sounds very, very good. That was so sad. It was real rough. All right. This is a goofy question, but it's one of our Disc Space originals. I'm going to start with Hannah because I kind of know the answer, even though it's not one you want to give. So if this is one in a series, would you check out the other games? 100%. Yeah, I mean, probably. Uh, I don't know if that's the answer that you were expecting or not, (laughs) but like, I, I don't know. I had a good time with this game. I enjoyed playing it. And, you know, I'm still not a huge video game person, so I, I don't know when I would get to it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I I probably would put it off because I do find video games stressful, but it would absolutely go on the list and it would probably get done eventually. I, I would be interested in seeing where the story goes. Right on. See, the thing is... I was kind of expecting that you would play it either way, either by your own volition or Greg gluing your hands to the controller. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. That's that's completely true. I don't think I would have a say in the matter. <laughs> Greg would be like, there's a new Transistor game coming out, we're gonna yep. play it. Wait, I want to rescind my answer. This one's such a masterpiece that I'd be exhausted looking yeah. at another one now I think about it. Like, if Witcher 4 came out, like, next week, I'd have to wait, like, two years to prepare myself. And I, I finished that game, like, two years ago. This guy spent 180 hours in it. So, TJ, we got your answer to this one. Uh, would you check out any of the other Super Giant games that kind of have the same kind of feel mood? I mean, obviously, I, again, am being forced to. Yes. So, <laughs> But no, I like Super Giant. The couple, the couple games that I have played for them, I am both... Uh, I've both found enjoyable. I have thoughts on Pyre, so if we ever do a Pyre episode, I will absolutely come back for that one. Yeah, no, I, I yeah. like Super <laughs> a lot. Alright, Kai, 
Is this to which question, sorry? If this is one in a series, and I'm counting basically like all the super giant games as kind of in the same series, because they they feel similar. So I I mean I do I do already play Hades, um, and I'm a massive fan of Hades. Uh, I probably will finish this game. Right. On. So I guess that counts as I think I'm a I, I'm getting to be a super giant fan. Um, don't know anything about Pyre, but. Uh, maybe I'll check it out eventually. I'm I'm really quite into Halo Infinite at the moment, <laughs> so I don't. I think a lot of games are going to be sort of lower on the list until I'm you know I've exhausted that sort of pool of fun. Something's got to give. Uh, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I think I do find myself going back to Hades a lot. Um, I do wonder if I will with this game as well, because um, it definitely feels like even though Hades is sort of linear, it does feel like there's a lot of coming back and forth to it. I will definitely be interested in other super giant games right um, when 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 they eventually come out. All right. So TJ, would you check out other super giant games or see? All my friends have been loving on Hades, and I'm like, dang, that game looks really good. That game looks way up my alley, and then I didn't play it. <laughs> So I should, I'm, 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 I'm going to get around to it. I know I'm going to get around to it. Just like I just finished like a lot of long story games and just like, I, I know I'm going to play that game. I know 100% I'm going to play Hades. And then just like, I love the art style Bastion and I'm pretty sure I already own it from Amazon <laughs> Gaming. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to get, I just got it. It's just one of those things where I'm like, Transistor, I've heard about forever, but I thought it was one type of game. Then I actually played it and realized it was way different. So now that I have that realization, I'm like, oh, this type of game I thought I would never play is exactly up my alley. And I literally had to force myself by like, I was like, at at, at one more more level, that was probably about six levels in. And I had to say, okay, nope, we're done. We're done. I had to like close the game out. It's like, now we got to go to bed. Got to go to bed. I mean, that's some high praise. Also... High praise for disk space. Give you an excuse to play something that otherwise you might not have dipped your toe into and got to enjoy it. I love that. Oh yeah, I forgot that's what we're doing here. I thought we were just having a casual chat. My bad. <laughs> you love to hear it. <laughs> uh, turn mode is the keyed gameplay difference from Supergiant's first game, Bastion. Long for many moves to be playing in exchange for the ability to act in real time. How often did you use turn and in what situations? Literally as often as I possibly could. <laughs> You got to you got to take that jaunt, put it in your passive to cool down faster, just so it's up again. <laughs> Maybe put the breach on there too, so it lasts longer. Also, <laughs> yeah. every every single round, every single moment I was playing was like, okay, turn mode. Then I, you know, the turn ends and I'm out, and I'm just running around in a fucking circle until I can get into turn mode again. <laughs> I did not do. Anything productive outside of turn mode. You see, turn mode, uh, like I said, I lived at 1 HP. I'd just be like, yeah, yeah, let's fight. And I'm like, you know, this game hard. (laughs) This game really hard, especially when they do double damage to me. This game, uh, and their and their two are respawning from one cell. Uh, maybe, maybe I gotta. So I like always be running uh, like a second away from danger at all times. I do a bunch of stuff and then whoop, 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 right away and just like it made it so that it was like always like it was always interesting for me because um I'd like find new ways to just like survive it was like survive until turn mode's up because if you could stop time and fight somebody why wouldn't you i'd like if there was a protector robot i'd charm it to cover me until my turn mode was back up yeah like that'd be the last thing i did in charm mode protect me while i wait for them to not beat my ass so i come out of this (laughs) and then like i just like queue up all the actions i could and then run around like maybe get do something that like they get worn down while I run and since like it just always felt epic like especially like three slots overloaded I'm down to my last slot got one ability left and I'm just like <laughs> come on self I hit that but that pause button like we gotta we gotta find a way to make this work we gotta do something here even edge. worse than that is the fact that I forgot I'm like oh yeah time's <laughs> frozen I'm, I'm, I'm acting in turn mode like everything's exploded I'm racing through turn mode I'm I'm like, Gotta hold make up, this one hold count. I have time now. I don't. What am I doing? Why am I rushing? <laughs> I literally have time. That's just the way I put myself in. Like I said earlier, the game forces you to slow down and think about things in turn mode, and I really enjoy that. Kai, what did you think? Since you're normally way into the fast-paced stuff. <laughs> 
I, I frequently found myself forgetting that I could do turn mode <laughs> and just sprinting around and spamming like what's the one where you create like a little bomb and then you hit it and then it explodes outwards. I, I basically would just I would just spam that and then go into turn mode and then hit one of them because I just found it so satisfying to do a massive <laughs> explosion. Um, so I probably just I think when I was getting particularly frustrated at an enemy is when I would use turn mode. Like, I'd go, oh, there must be something I could do to make this easier. And then I remember that there's an entire mechanic to slow down time and, like, actually think about <laughs> it. If only there was some mechanic. What, what could I do? Oh, this game's impossible. During the bosses and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, not that much. And then also, yeah, I found myself spamming a lot of moves just because, like, I'd find something I really enjoyed. And then it would get taken away from me. And I was just like, well, what the fuck do I do now? This isn't fun choose another one that I would then, you know, spam and then, you know, rinse and repeat uh, until, like, you know. Uh, Interesting. But, so not that often, basically. The one time that I I did keep forgetting that you could use turn mode out yes. of combat, like specifically when when there were obstacles uh, or when that fucking spine was trying to smash me from the ceiling, uh, I would find myself, like, just trying to run away because my my head simply was not in combat mode uh and greg next to me would be like you can use turn mode remember you can use turn mode and it was honestly really annoying uh (laughs) i'm joking hey listen i'm joking um that was not annoying okay it was a little annoying greg but like not not enough that i was having a bad time it's a call out for greg this whole episode (laughs) the game that they suggested they were like backseat drivering me a little and sometimes it was <laughs> annoying but sometimes i did benefit from it <laughs> yeah but you never want to let them know that like when you benefit you just like come on well they're gonna listen to this episode <laughs> so like that that ship has sailed i did definitely forget that you could use turn mode like literally whenever <laughs> in the game and i i found myself i used it super consistently in combat but there were other situations where it probably could have helped <laughs> and did help when Greg yelled at me to do it. I also like mostly use it for combat. Sometimes I would pop in because when you do so, it kind of switches the audio from like there's there's basically like two tracks playing at all times. There's red humming and then there's the actual like game music. So it's this weird kind of like diegetic thing. And when you go into turn mode, it swaps the two. Well, you got the third, which is whenever you like hit pause, you'll take that same track oh, that's yeah. playing and you'll just put a low pass filter on it and just like you only hear like the low fi frequencies. And I'm just, I actually made a note about that because <laughs> I, I recognize that. I'm like, this game is like, <laughs> the music is so well done. You don't even realize how seamless it is from hitting turn to hitting escape. I just be like, I'll sit in there like bob my head, like, why is this lo fi drum beat in the background of this menu hidden so hard? Absolutely. I was like trying to think. My friend was messaging me. I was playing another game on the <laughs> side that he wanted me to play. And I'm just like sticking all this stuff and just like, just like all like totally unnecessary. But I'm just sitting there frustrated because I'm d- about to die in the game. And then all of a sudden I hit pause and I'm just like, hey, yo, what's that? <laughs> Could you tell I like music? <laughs> just a little bit. It's good. The music is impeccable. Mm-hmm. The sound design of this game is like impeccable, Beautiful. I gotta say. Oh, yeah. I thought like. It was getting 2 a.m. I was really sleepy. And I'm just like walking through this like place after I just had a boss fight. And like the little <laughs> mushrooms that shroud into the like the obstacles, like I was walking through them in the frequencies. It sounded like someone was going. <laughs> I was like looking him out around my room, sleep deprived with my light set to like low red. It's like, <laughs> what the? What is it? I was like, my friend dumped in Discord. I'm like, was that you? He's like, bro, I haven't talked in 30 minutes. And I'm just like, something's calling my name. And then just like I realized it was the sword dragging on the ground and hearing like the low frequencies of like uh, it destroying those mushrooms. And I was just like, okay, 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 we're good. We're fine. Not your usual moment in a video game, but that was just me with my headphones on. Just like, who's who's saying that? It's quite unique. Audio good. <laughs> Vibes impeccable. Yeah, very good. Uh, what was the moment that stuck with you most narratively? Or, and which was the moment that stuck with you most in gameplay? Well, for the purposes of the, the podcast, I won't say the spine, because that was probably the best moment in a video game I've had in a long time. Yeah, I mean, you can. But narratively, narratively, 
it was kind of just like a mix. It was like a combination. Cause like I said, the game flows from one part to the other really like seamlessly. So it was like first stopping in her apartment and like that pizza you ordered. If you um, went to like the little pizza place and has in your place, she's sitting there eating it in the still, just like the world's going to shit. Everybody's dying. Everybody. And you're just here. These things are trying to kill you. Your boyfriend's a sword <laughs> and he's just sitting up. The, he's just there with a jacket draped over him while you're sitting there enjoying a slice of sea monster pizza as like this beautiful painted image and then every time you like go to the beach and just like if you get in the hammock it'd pan up to the sky and have a like it'd be the same sky but have a beautiful recoloring done every time so this one's like red sunset this is neo future this is like something ominous Mm. and like just those elements like the small little moments of them taking those stills and just having that like i said before that beach i love it because it gives you a reprieve i'd get into those little combat simulations that test your skills and just for get that i gotta go back out and fight things i'm like can this just be the game can i just sit here and play beach ball with my little doggy can we can we just do that i forgot about the doggy the dog like every moment that wasn't directly related to the game is what made me like, love the game more just like doing all this crazy stuff these hard combats and just sitting there like <laughs> hey hey let's let's go sit by the fire and listen to me mm. hum music by holding the tab button for like 20 minutes and i'm like oh yeah there's a game to play honestly i think that's one of the prime examples of them kind of weaving mechanical and narrative stuff because it is both literally and figuratively a reprieve it is kind of the breather that you need and that's just super cool i love when they do that shit hannah what's the moment that stuck with you the most both in narrative and in gameplay i i got two i got two for narrative the first was when we arrive at that stage uh, and there's like a microphone set up in front and Red goes to stand near it and we like fade out of the game for a whole few minutes and just kind of see Red as as the singer that she was, uh, which the, the game Transistor doesn't really have much in the way of cutscenes. And I'm not even sure if I could call that a cutscene because it's not it's not really a scene. Uh, it's just red singing for the most part. But it was the first time in the game that I really got a sense of who this woman that we're playing at is and what she's lost. Um, and that hit me really hard. And I think for all that I for all that I said, red doesn't get a lot of characterization, which I think is is true because a lot of it is. A lot of it is optional or difficult to put together, uh, and she's simply silent through most of the game. The little moments that we have, I think, that show us more about her and her past really do like do a lot of work and hit really hard um, and infuse the whole situation with a lot of tragedy uh, in a really nice way. And the second, in a similar vein, is definitely just, like, the whole bit, as we discussed before, when Sword Boyfriend stops being able to talk. Uh, His voice actor just does an excellent job sounding, even through, like, the slurring, scared and sad. And it's so heart-wrenching. And it's so, like, it really gets you invested in this... In the romance of it, uh, which is a strange thing because it's literally like the guy's a fucking sword, <laughs> but he and Red both seem like so scared to lose each other and to be alone. And it is, again, just really, really heart wrenching. And so even as this game doesn't have a ton of narrative, at least not in like the main parts of it, uh, and even it, it, though it is like deeply confusing what's going on and we're not entirely sure what kind of world we're set in and all that, there is a lot of heart in it and there's a lot of heart in these two main characters. So that that was really nice. And I think gameplay-wise, probably the one that stuck with me most. Mm. I This is a little cheating, but I think probably the one that stuck with me most was the fight with Sybil, which is the first kind of boss fight. Uh, because that is the first fight where I, in my gameplay, got down to zero and, like, lost in ability. Uh, which is not something that you, like, know is going to happen. There's, like, you, you have a health bar and you don't really know what happens when you hit the end of the health bar. 
And it turns out that what happens is you, like, lose a little sword ability. And so that was, I had been, like, nervous about that the whole game up until that point. And it was, I think, a really interesting decision and a really uh, interesting, like, culmination of the sort of dread you feel as a player as you see yourself creeping lower and lower, that you don't die. The game just kind of becomes harder because you have to adjust to being able to do one less thing. I think that was really, really clever on Supergiant's part that, like, that you don't die right away, but instead you face sort of a handicap. And so as you're doing worse and worse, the game gets harder and harder, mm. um, which really ratchets up the tension in a nice way. So that that was, I think, my biggest moment gameplay-wise when I, when I lost that first ability. Kai. Yeah, like, I mean, again, narrative, I, I, I've not played all of the games, so I, I don't think I have a great sample size to choose from. But I do think that, like I mentioned earlier, like staring at the poster and having the uh, the sort of... Sorry, so yeah, as I mentioned earlier about the, the poster where you're staring at it and you've got the swords, like, talking to you and sort of trying to convince you to leave. And, like, a lot of the time... And then there's also that bit where you're on the bike and, like, it says, oh, don't turn left. And then, like, oh, you turned left. And this kind of... I, I, I did appreciate those moments of, like, you know, being told what the main character is doing through the 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 sword's boyfriend. So I think all of those moments are quite sweet. Well, not sweet, but like, yeah. I don't know what the word is for it. Emotional? Yeah, let's go with that. And uh, in terms of gameplay, I think also the first boss for me. I just, I just very, yep. it was a very cool design and very interesting. It was also the first time that I lost one of my abilities and then started panicking. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and, you know, like, I really liked that one. That was the only one I was using. And then I had to figure out how to, like, play the game differently. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that was like the first kind of um it actually forced me to play the game like they wanted me to play it as opposed to just me, you know, doing a weird speedrun tactic of not doing the turn-based thing. So yeah, it was uh it was uh yeah, those are my two moments. Right on. So both of my moments, I'd rather not retread this ground, but both of the moments that kind of really stick out to me and I remember one of which happened accidentally, the other one is the final boss fight in the beginning of that, and so in kind of the final section of the game, you actually have to retread your ground and everything has been processed, and you go back through the the auditorium and there's a bunch of the enemies that you've been fighting up until that point, like, more than you can possibly count, and they're just sitting there watching you, and purely like accidentally mm. i think mostly like to make myself feel better i hit the hum button and they all started reacting to it like positively like they were the <laughs> audience listening and like interacting with what i was doing and it was not something i expected that's cool and on the one hand it was kind of a relief because i knew that they weren't going to harm me from that point mm. but by the same token it was deeply unnerving. It's really good. <laughs> For the gameplay portion, like I said, the very beginning of the final boss, where I won't spoil what leads up to it, but he says something to the effect of, all right, well, we need to fight. Whose turn will it be? And he's like, mm, I'll go first. And then he activates turn. Ooh. And that, that fucked me up a little bit at first. A lot of it. <laughs> at first <laughs> and then i realized oh wait i can just do all of the annoying things that the enemies did to me up until <laughs> now against him and i absolutely just fucking pounded him into the ground after that Amazing. very satisfying but that was transistor mm. final thoughts final comments anything that we didn't get to cover good game good game fun game good mu good sound good music enjoy yeah i had fun like yeah absolutely uh, I think the only thing that I can mention, I don't know if I've mentioned it earlier, and it's that despite this game and how much we've all praised it, how good it is, I had a really hard time playing it and getting into the the swing of things. It, it took a lot of conscious effort to really sit down and play it, and mm. it's funny because it is a game that is really good, and as we've gone through, did a lot of things that I really like, but it gets into this interesting kind of headspace for consuming media and consuming art, in particular when it's a interactive medium. And that sometimes it's not easy to be receptive to something. And when it's you kind of in the driver's seat, it's mm. it's it can be like extra difficult. Do you guys have any thoughts on that or 
any expansion. I, I do, I do. I'm a little bit confused as to what you meant. Like you, you had a trouble, you had trouble getting actually into the gameplay, or was it like it wasn't so much the gameplay as just the overall mood and feeling of the game made it very difficult for me to like want to play it. Okay. Once I was actually like in it and experiencing it, I was kind of able to push myself through it. But I see. Yeah. It's, kind of like going to an art museum in a bad mood. You're not really going to get the experience that you want. Yeah, true. I literally never want to play video games, even the ones I enjoy. <laughs> Every video game I have played is a result of Greg being like, Hannah, 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 uh, Hannah, can we, uh, do you want to, do you want to play, do you want to play this tonight? And the answer is literally always no, but I know in my head that a lot of the time I will enjoy it, so I have to be, make myself be like, yeah, let's play this, and then I have a good time. So I did, I did have that say, cause I, I just, I, media is my like decompressing thing usually, like for after I'm done with work and, you know, I'm going to take a load off and I find myself like never really wanting to have to do stuff. Um, and I have to do stuff to play video games. You have to like think and press buttons. And I, I simply am so rarely in that headspace that I usually do have to force it. So yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I definitely did have that experience with Transistor. I put off playing it for like a while and then played it very close to the deadline uh, for this episode. I think that's true for all of us. But I don't know. I Once I did start playing it, I had a very good time. It's not super intensive brain brain power wise which was nice for me and yeah i don't know there's a lot of activation energy for video games for me i find yeah i mean like universally there is always kind of an unspoken level of stress that does come with playing games mm. especially because you're throwing yourself into these dangerous situations kind of purposefully i shouldn't say dangerous but these stressful situations and you're the one in the driver's seat it's this kind of fascinating interaction i guess yeah as it is an emotionally resonant art because you're in control but likewise it can be very difficult to experience because you are putting yourself through what would otherwise be unpleasant tribulations as part of the art mm. yeah i also just like never expect to be good at it uh, because I usually am not. Um, uh, so it's all, I always am like, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna have to watch myself die three times mm. tonight. And that's never pleasant. And then I usually, like, don't actually because I have a bad brain and I catastrophize. But, like, I don't know. It's, there's, yeah, video games are wild, fam. Video games are wild. <laughs> Kai, you got anything? Um, no. <laughs> I don't think I do. <laughs> No, I mean, it's, it's interesting hearing you talk, but I, I, I can't, I have nothing to contribute. I mean, at this point, I'm also mostly spinning my wheels, but I think we have reached the end of this disc space. Thank mm. you guys for coming. Yeah, thanks for having us. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. I do enjoy these. Yeah. If you want to uh, find disc space, uh, check the show notes. We've got our standard disc space questions if you want to form your own. And all of the lovely people here will have their socials linked. Once again, show notes. Until next time, we are the disc space cadets, and we are ejecting. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Brought to you by Fausti and Nonsense. And- my name is Kai Gwilym Pritchard. I create Chain of Being, and you can find me at my name is not Kai, and that's Kai with a C because I'm Welsh. Guy Swibel from Ghosts on a Train at Ghosts underscore Train on Twitter. Hannah Levin from Ghosts on a Train Twitter at I'm Tired eighty one. It's your boy DJ Booty Flakes, aka Afkai, aka Lord Fluffabottom Destroyer. Find me at tjizzleii or afkai on socials. Thank you for playing. Faustian Nonsense is a podcast network, an artist commune, and an incubator for creative projects. If you love what we do, consider supporting FN by joining our Patreon, where you can receive cute network pet pictures, behind-the-scenes content, or even access to a library of assets to use in your own projects. Without your support, the world of audio fiction will be overrun by corporate media, drowning out indie creators. We need your help now more than ever. Visit patreon.com slash Faustian nonsense to become a patron.